What's up, everyone? My name is B, and you are listening to the Brand Eye Podcast. This podcast talks about navigating our 20-somethings, the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of our journeys, and learning to embrace every part of your story, because your life is your brand, and so many people would benefit from just seeing you live authentically. No one has all of the answers. We're all trying to figure it out. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you so much to all of you that have tuned in and that have given me feedback and left reviews. I really appreciate it. And like I keep saying, and I will continue to say, we are definitely on this journey together. So please, please, please share any and all feedback with me. It will not hurt my feelings, but like I said, this is all new to me. It's a learning journey. So any way that I can be better, that, yeah, please let me know. And please also send any topics that you would like to discuss or hear my way. I am eager to hear from you. So like I said, thanks again to everyone that has tuned in and that has been providing feedback. It's really helpful and I appreciate it more than you will ever know or imagine. Now, I need to be honest with everyone. Last episode, you all heard my good friend Naya and I make a deal with one another, and we challenged each other to do certain things. So Naya challenged me to fill out a year-end review um, and just reflect on how 2022 went for me, and I challenged her to take herself on a real date. I cracked up because I gave her a call today. I realized that I had not um, completed my challenge. And we said that if we didn't complete the challenge, we owed each other, I think, like $75. And initially, I was just going to sweep it under the rug and pretend like it never happened. But then I realized that that would be unfair and I would not be holding myself accountable if I just ignored it, pretended like it never happened, or if I lied because I was tempted to fill it out after the new year when I realized I hadn't filled it out and then lie and say that I did it before the new year because I was just so sure that she probably took herself on a date. And then I realized, um, no, she probably did not take herself on a date. So I hit her up today asking her if she had completed her goal or her challenge. And she said, um, well, technically, yeah. And I said, no, you're lying. No, you didn't because that doesn't count, but that's okay because I did not complete mine either. So we both had a good laugh about that, but it's just so interesting and so relevant because this episode, we're going to be talking about new year's resolutions and follow through. We have officially made it to the year 2023. And for a lot of people, this is a time of reflection and new beginnings. This is a time for a lot of people to do a reset and check in with themselves, but also to set new goals. But I cannot help but notice that a lot of people feel the same way that I do about New Year's resolutions, and that is they dread them. Um, I am one who actually gave up on them and people used to ask me, what is your New Year's resolution? And I would tell you that I do not believe in them. However, I am starting to believe in them again. 
The official definition of a resolution is a firm decision to do or not to do something. When I think about my New Year's resolutions, I have always made these beautiful and poetic promises to myself at the beginning of each year, even if I didn't necessarily feel that promise, but I would usually choose things that sounded good or that looked good on paper. And when I had a tough time figuring out what I wanted my resolution to be, I would usually Google it or I would get on social media and whatever was trending would be what would influence my New Year's resolution for that year. So while thinking through this topic, I did a little bit of research on where did they even come from? Why do we have New Year's resolutions? And I found um, some interesting things. But what I found was the ancient Babylonians were actually the first to have record of celebrating a new year. But they did not celebrate their new year in January. They actually celebrated it in mid-March when they had planted their crops. And it was a very big event. It was like, I think like a 12-day festival. Sounds pretty amazing. But then this would also be a time where they would make promises to their gods to pay their debts. Um, And so some say that this is actually the forerunner to our New Year's resolutions. And then um, in about like 46 BC, Julius Caesar had actually changed the calendar and established January as the beginning of a new year. And January was named after one of their gods. Um, and they believe that this god symbolically looked backwards into previous years and ahead into the future. But what I gathered from this is their community had a special connection with the new year because it was tied to their beliefs, something that they were very passionate about. Um, And it's really fascinating to me because when I think about these two periods, the common theme that I'm noticing is passion and commitment um, and joy. And it seems like almost like a sense of purpose. Both societies had different ideas of when the new year actually began, but they shared similar views or I think um, connections or a sense of passion or purpose for the new year. I point that out because I think about um, us as individuals and why do we feel the need to create New Year's resolutions when everyone else does? Why do we feel the need to deem this time, January 1st, um, as a new beginning when new beginnings come sporadically and they come in different seasons for each of us. Our new beginnings are unique to our stories and who we are as individuals. So I took some time to reflect on why is it that New Year's resolutions have been unsuccessful for me in the past? And why is it that Naya and I were so excited about these new beginnings and starting something new and uh, creating healthier habits, but we dropped the ball. Then I thought about my conversation and my interaction with her and neither of us really felt 
eager to complete the challenge that we were given by one another. And I think about if we would have felt connected to the challenges that we um, gave one another, would the outcome look different? Would we feel more excited about taking on this new task? And would it feel less like a burden and more like a step forward or an exciting task to actually take on? I would also like to acknowledge that January is Mental Wellness Month. And it's really important to think about New Year's resolutions and how they can impact our mental health because um, the impact of a failed New Year's resolution on mental health is horrible. It feels horrible. And I'm sure that um, a lot of you can agree with that. And not only is it something that I feel, but I also know that research supports this idea that failed New Year's resolutions negatively impact our mental health. And so what can we do to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and meeting the goals that we would like to meet? Because change doesn't happen overnight. And also, it's so important that we don't feel pressured to make changes that we don't, one, agree with, or two, feel ready to make. Some researchers looked at why so many New Year's resolutions are unsuccessful. And in one study, they found that 35% of the participants who failed their New Year's resolutions said that they set unrealistic goals. And then 33% of participants who failed said that they didn't keep track of their progress. Um, 23% forgot about their resolutions. And then one in 10 people said they made too many resolutions. Now, this study honestly sounds very real to me because personally, I am one of the people who usually forgets what my resolutions are within maybe after two weeks. Well, within two weeks, I begin to forget about it. But then after a month, I'm done for and I go back to the habits, the habits that I wanted to change. I go back to those And then at the end of the year, I feel bad about myself and I beat myself up and I wonder what I could have done differently. Now, whenever I set any kind of goal, not just New Year's resolutions, I'm usually very excited. I have all of this energy and motivation and I feel the passion just like running through my veins and I feel good. But then that passion starts to dissipate. And then I start to make excuses or I start to get tired of making certain changes or doing certain things. I start to make excuses or um, I think about, you know, I'll be like, oh my gosh, well, I've had a really long day, so I should just eat this cake or um, I'm really tired, so I don't want to go to the gym. Maybe I should give my body a rest. And then one day of rest ends, it turns into about two months of not going to the gym. And then I look back and I feel bad about myself. Then by the time I make it to June, I'm like, oh my goodness, we are halfway through the year and I forgot about my New Year's resolution because I got tired and I reverted to my old ways. So this year I've been intentional about thinking about what can I do differently? How can I prepare myself 
for my New Year's resolutions? How can I position myself to um, work towards the change that I'm looking to create in my life? How can I build a sense of resilience and how can I create sustainable goals? This has taken a lot of work, but one, the one thing I realized is I have to follow my own timeline. It's important that I'm not focused on creating New Year's resolutions if I don't feel led to do it. If this is not the season in my life that I feel I should be setting new goals or setting any goals or creating New Year's resolutions, that's okay. I don't have to work on everyone else's timeline just because, um, you know, the new year starts on January 1st. It does not mean that I have to wait for January 1st to roll around to start setting goals. It's my life. It's my story. Just like it's your life, it's your story. And what's working for you, the timeline that may be relevant to your life may not be relevant to my life and that is okay. That doesn't mean that there's something wrong with either of us or that either of us are wrong, but it just means that we are able to accept the idea that our life and our choices may look different from those around us, but it doesn't mean that we're a failure or that we're off or that there's something wrong with us. Rather, it means that we're understanding and honoring the needs that we have for ourselves. And it's important for us to be able to set healthy goals and to grow in very significant ways. But that won't happen if we are unable to tend to our needs and take care of ourselves and provide the support that we need. One thing I also mentioned is that at the end of every year, I'm unhappy. I feel ashamed when it comes time for me to reflect on how the year went and what I achieved and what I accomplished because. I'm so hard on myself. Self-forgiveness I'm learning is so important. And I know that I've talked about practicing self-compassion and how it's helped me grow. But when I take a moment to really reflect on my um, methods of setting New Year's resolutions in the past or how I would respond to what I considered failure, it was pretty brutal and really punitive and not nice at all. And I used to be someone who believed that accountability meant punishment and that discipline and accountability meant that I would call myself out in very negative ways. I didn't think that self-compassion went hand in hand with accountability. I always saw accountability as some kind of punishment. So if I didn't meet a goal, then I would take something away from myself or I would talk down on myself. Um, And I felt that a lot of times if I did not say, if I didn't label myself, then I was making an excuse. So for example, I used to say, if I didn't make it to the gym, I would call myself lazy. And I would be like, that was, I'm lazy. I'm a lazy person and I need to break this habit. Well, now, not only do I feel bad about not going to the gym, but I feel even worse and I'm labeling myself as something that I'm not. I am making it seem that one small decision determines who I am as a human being. And I don't think that I'm alone in that at all. 
as a child, I used to try to find ways to physically punish myself for the mistakes that I made. So I vividly remember one time I had done something to get in trouble as a child and I poured grits on the kitchen floor when no one was home and I tried to um, kneel in the grits so that my body weight would be pressing my knees into these grits and then it would cause, you know, pain. And then I wouldn't make that mistake again. I instantly jumped up as soon as my knees hit those grits because it hurt very badly, but I never got rid of that mindset. I just thought, okay, well, you're weak. So that's why you keep making these mistakes. And I've always been a perfectionist and it's something that I am still working on. And although I've improved, I struggle with it at times because it's a hard habit to break. But what I'm finding is the more self-compassion that I practice, the more happiness I find and the more success that I see. I find that when I'm not talking down on myself, but I'm encouraging myself, I'm growing and I'm healing and I'm learning so much about myself. It's actually really cool and very rewarding. And another thing that I had to find was that when preparing to set these goals or any kind of resolutions, I have to look at what my skill set is and what skills I need in order to reach that goal or that dream that I have. So for example, I used to want to be a professional singer. And to me, I thought, you know, I could just go to practice and listen to the music and then mimic what they did. And then boom, you had a great solo. But that's not how it worked out. I had to go to singing lessons. I had to learn how to read music. So I'm thinking that I would just be like Beyonce. I would wake up one day and boom, I would be a famous singer and I would have all of the notes right. But once I had expressed my goal of being a singer to my loved ones, I quickly learned that that's not what happens and that to reach our goals, it takes a lot and the journey is not easy. It's a process and it takes time. and you know, there's a lot of failure that we're going to experience. And it took me a little bit, but I found that that dream really was not one that was for me. And that's okay because going through the process of training and learning to read music and working with a voice coach, I learned that I wasn't passionate about it. It didn't mean that there was something wrong with me or that I was a quitter. But the process helped me learn more about who I was as an individual and what I was passionate about. And then that helped lead me to poetry. And I started writing poetry and I got into it and I loved it. And my mentor actually sponsored me to go to a fine arts camp for youth. And it was such a beautiful experience because I was fortunate enough to meet people that were my age that shared the same passions and interests as I did. I learned so much, not only about myself and about my writing style, but 
I also had the energy to keep going, even when I didn't feel that warm and fuzzy adrenaline rush, excitement, motivation that I that I felt when I got into writing poetry. And I think that that's how we should be when we set goals and resolutions is we should look at the process. What skills do we need to obtain that goal and how are we going to get there? Um, what trainings do we need to invest in? What communities can we join so that we feel supported? And if you find that that goal really is not something you're passionate about anymore, it doesn't mean that you got it wrong, but look at the journey. What did you learn from that journey? And that is what I am starting to learn. I, one thing I talk about a lot is I do not like baby steps. When I hear you know, okay, we just have to take some baby steps to get to where we want to be. That will really irritate me. And I know that, you know, it's good for you and all of that good stuff, but it's very discouraging for me to think about how many steps I have to take to get to where I want to be. But I've also learned that when I'm enjoying the process and I'm not just so focused on the finish line, I find little nuggets of healing and wisdom that I didn't even know or expect to find along the journey. There is a French tale that sticks with me whenever I want to rush the process. And it's about a young boy who's given a um, magic spool of thread. And he is able to pull this thread to fast forward time whenever he gets impatient. But the one stipulation is that once he gets to the end of the spool of thread, he's done. He doesn't get to get any more. He doesn't get to get any of it back. It's just gone for good. So he gets really excited because he's a very impatient little boy. And what he does is he pulls the thread every time he comes to a moment in his life where he has to wait or um, things aren't happening the way that he would like them to. And then when he gets to the end of the thread, which is essentially the end of his life, the woman who gave him this magical spool of thread asks him how he enjoyed his life. And he basically responds saying that he doesn't really know because he rushed past all of these beautiful moments in his life because he didn't want to wait. Now, he doesn't really have any memories to show for, but he's on his deathbed. And that's how I think about trying to rush through the process of the goals that we set. Because oftentimes it sounds really glamorous to set a goal and to just get there, but we don't realize how beautiful the process is. This little boy gets to his deathbed and is looking like life just went by so fast. It literally passed me by. And I think that that's what happens when we try to sleepwalk our way through life or rush through life. We realize that because we didn't value the process, we don't have any of the growth that could have come from it. We don't have any of the memories to laugh about or to lean on whenever we're going through a tough time. We don't have that wisdom to help us get through even harder times. But also, I think about if I didn't go through half of the things that I went through to get to some of my goals, I would not have a deep appreciation for it. But I also don't know that I would have the capacity 
to or understanding to be able to successfully navigate that new season in my life. I think about all of the sleepless nights that I had in college or the jobs that I had to work so that I could gain more skills and experience. And if I would have just been given my dream job or if I'm just given my dream job right now, I would not be able to be successful in that position. I am very aware of it. And so even though some of these moments are frustrating to me and I feel like I haven't moved forward or I haven't progressed in any way, they are so important. So that's what I mean when I say having the skills necessary to change uh, is a very important factor in preparing to set um, and navigate the journey of obtaining your dreams, your goals, or whatever resolutions that you have. Measurable goals are just as important because Sometimes we can be so fixed on the finish line, like I mentioned earlier, that we get discouraged. And when that motivation runs out, we start to doubt ourselves in more ways than one. And yes, I do believe that doubt is normal and it's very natural and it's part of the process. But if we are so focused on the end goal and not willing to embrace every part of the journey, I think that we will feel fatigued much earlier and much more than we would have if we are willing to take baby steps. So baby steps seem very unappealing. And I talk about how much I cannot stand the idea of baby steps. But once I have taken at least three steps and I'm three steps closer to where I want to be, I actually feel proud. And when I am able to express gratitude for those steps that I've taken or the moments that I've gone through to take those steps, it's actually very empowering. And then I start to encourage myself more. And I think to myself, all right, what you've gone through and what you've learned is too valuable to turn back now. And I'm not saying that I don't, you know, regress in some ways or I don't fall back or fall off my path. But I do know that I'm able to give myself that encouragement and pull on the excitement that I felt when I realized how far I had actually gotten, when I stopped just trying to focus on the finish line and I started focusing on the landmarks ahead of me so that I could get through it. Looking at the big picture is very important. But it's also important that we have a healthy idea and understanding and respect for the big picture. So knowing that, yes, you should always remember why you started when you feel discouraged, but you should also understand that sometimes the finish line or the end goal is not always the most valuable thing that we will gain from the process. Sometimes the end goal is a plus, but the unexpected lessons and pieces of wisdom and knowledge and opportunities that we gain from the process become even more valuable than we could have ever imagined. Sometimes being hyper-focused on the finish line can lead to more burnout. I'll never forget when my brother and I were going on a run and it was, there were a lot of hills on this run. And I was, I did not believe that I was a runner. I knew I wanted to become more fit, but I just was like, ugh. and during the run, I got to a point where I was like, oh my gosh, wait, I've gone so far. 
And so I felt proud, but then that adrenaline started to dwindle and it started to fade away. And I started to think about, wait a minute, how much longer do we have? Because I'm starting to get tired. And I remember asking my brother, I felt like almost every 30 seconds, how, how much longer do we have? How much, you know, how much closer are we going to get? And he would say, you know, you're by stressing out like this and by focusing on how much longer we have, you're actually burning more energy that you should be saving to get through this run. But I didn't want to hear that. I just wanted him to tell me how much further we had to go. And he was like, you know, I really don't want to tell you because if I tell you, you're going to quit. And then that started to make me freak out more because I just wanted to know where the finish line was. And one thing that he told me was, okay, I want you to, we're going to set little um, milestones to help you get through this run. And I promise you it's going to get better. So he was like, you know, let's just make it to this mailbox up ahead. The mailbox was probably 800 feet. And then I was like, okay, this is not going to work. This is so dumb, but okay, let's make it to the mailbox. But then when I made it to the mailbox, I felt proud. And he was like, all right, now let's make it to that tree. And then he just kept setting these milestones um, in these quote unquote baby steps. And then by the time we reached the finish line, I was like, oh my gosh, I was still very tired, but I wasn't so focused on trying to rush through the run or I wasn't um, freaking myself out, but I was focused on getting to the next landmark uh, in front of me that by the time I got to the finish line, yes, I was tired, but I felt okay and I was able to finish. I was able to keep going and I had convinced myself once I got to the point where, you know, he wouldn't tell me how far the finish line was. I convinced myself that I couldn't do it and I was going to stop any minute. And I started telling him, you know, I'm getting nauseous. I'm getting this. And he was like, I just need you to breathe. I need you to trust me. And that run sticks with me even now because I talk about how much I cannot stand baby steps, but they're so meaningful and they've helped me through so many tough times in my life. Um, Even times where I felt like I've gotten off track just taking a baby step has been so helpful for me. And it's helped me see that, okay, I may have not done something that I wanted to do, or I may have gotten off the path that I wanted to stay on, but I'm not too far off. And so instead of taking this all or nothing approach where I say, well, you know, I didn't log my food this week. And so I just ate whatever I wanted. I didn't focus on my macros then I should just go back to eating the way that I was eating because that's much easier. But once I learned to honor um, the strides that I had made and the progress that I had made, then I wasn't so hard on myself. And then I found that these little baby steps that I was hating on, they actually were helping me create sustainable habits. And Then when I did try to revert back to my old eating habits, I got sick or my body couldn't handle it or I would find myself getting back on track because it didn't feel good to me. So sustainability came from these little baby steps. Now, when I find myself getting discouraged or tired of counting my macros and all of that good stuff, I work with my nutrition coach more frequently. So instead of meeting every other week or every three weeks, I start meeting weekly and I start setting smaller goals. And he explained to me that usually 
um, during the winter time, people don't drink as much water. And I know that I have not been drinking the water that I need to be drinking. So one of the goals that I set with him for that week was focusing on drinking a glass of water with each meal. And by the time I got to the end of the week, I was drinking much more water than I had actually been drinking in the past. Because part of me wanted to say, okay, yeah, I need to drink more water. So I'm just going to drink a gallon of water a day. But if I'm being, being realistic with myself, that is not who I am. I'm not that girl. And, you know, I applaud people that can do that, that can carry those big jugs because I was about to invest in one and drink the gallon of water a day, but it really is not me. And I have to take baby steps. I have to drink water in increments. I can't just chug one big bottle of water um, and be consistent. So he, my nutrition coach, worked to find a method that worked for me. And that was actually sustainable. Another very important and valuable part of preparing for the resolutions um, that, and the goals that we set is learning to be still. Being still and really taking stock of how far we've come and where we want to go. Like I mentioned earlier, a lot of times my goals would come from things that I found on social media or that sounded pretty. Even when I was thinking about giving up stuff for Lent, I would think about, you know, okay, what's something that people usually give up or what's a goal that can help people change? Or, you know, I used to be really, really into social media and very influenced by social media. So I would look at, you know, um, influencers who had characteristics or seemingly had characteristics that I wanted, and I would look at what they did. And I'm not saying we shouldn't learn from people, but I was at a point where I didn't understand the value in understanding our own uniqueness and embracing our own uniqueness. I used to be ashamed of it, and I would try to get rid of it by adopting their practices or trying to force myself to adopt a practice that really wasn't suited for me or my learning style and take it on. And even though the goal that I had that caused me to adopt that practice was something that I really wanted, the way that I was going about it was not true to who I was. And it didn't um, allow me to embrace who I was and my story and my characteristics Rather, it caused me to be ashamed. And that sense of shame made it really hard to actually stay the course because I found myself judging myself or punishing myself for not being able to maintain these practices that really weren't conducive to who I was and to my uniqueness and to my characteristics. I felt that I needed to change who I was instead of revisiting what the actual goal is and how I can get there in a way that's true to who I am. So how can we be still um, when preparing to set our goals and resolutions? We can think about what do I really need to be happy? What does success mean to me? Not to those around me and not 
what success sounds good on paper, but what does success mean to me in this season of my life? And then asking, what is the purpose of setting this goal? So getting to the root of why you are setting that goal and then making a plan after you've gotten to the root of that. So I've become more involved on social media after a long hiatus. And um, what's really caused me to become more involved is this podcast and finding a way to foster community in unique ways and spaces so that it's inclusive to all. And one thing that I have to ask myself is why? What is the purpose of trying to build this community? Because if I look at how do I build a community and find a way to interact with my listeners, a lot of people will say, okay, well, you need to monetize your podcast or you need to get 20,000 followers or you need to do X, Y, and Z to be meaningful. And I found that, uh, no, I'm not about to stress myself out like that. But my goal also isn't to be famous or for my podcast to blow up. Rather, it is to build community and start conversations and whatever that looks like and whatever that community looks like, however many people are a part of it, that I'm, I'm not concerned about it. What I'm concerned about is thinking about what is the actual purpose and mission behind this podcast. I am a firm believer in embracing your story and understanding that your life is your brand. And if I allow myself to give into the pressures of um, thinking that I need to become some quote unquote influencer, then I'm going to lose sight of that and I'm going to burn out when things don't go the way that I think that they should. So I've had to really reflect on the why and the purpose behind a lot of my goals and then finding a community of people that I know will help hold me accountable in very healthy and meaningful ways. How can we support one another in obtaining our goals? If I know that some people may have different expectations for my life than what I envision for my life, then I know that it's not that I need to cut them off, but maybe I shouldn't be including them in the planning process or the goal setting process in the way that I might people that I really connect with um, on a deeper level and people that have and share some of the same intentions as I do. And I found that it's been very beneficial to really be open and honest about the goals that I'm setting or my resolutions. Um, And even my conversation with Naya today about why both of us did not, you know, um, complete the challenges that we gave one another. I noticed that we learned more about each other, but we were also able to engage in dialogue that helped us understand what might have gone wrong or what we could have done better. And one thing that she said was, you know, um, I think that it was really hard to complete it because we had a lot of other responsibilities. So um, we planned for doing other things and we just had so much going on within our families And I don't know that it was really realistic to set that timeline. And if I'm being honest, it was really me who was pushing a timeline because Naya said, let's wait till after the new year. And I was like, well, no, why? Why don't we do it now? But this experience has helped me understand that it's important that we honor 
our own needs and create our own timelines that we don't allow um, external pressures to force us to set new goals or resolutions when it may not be a new season for us. We may still be working through another season in our lives. And just because it is January and it's, you know, the first month in 2023, it doesn't mean that we have to abide by Julius Caesar's timeline and create New Year's resolutions. Now, if it is your thing and that's something that you love doing, go for it by all means. But go easy on yourself. Whenever you set these goals and resolutions, go easy on yourself because new beginnings look different for each of us. It it looks very different. So I know that I threw a lot at you. So just as a recap, some ways to prepare for um, the goals that we want to set or resolutions are getting to the root of the why. Why do we want to set these goals? Doing a gut check and assessing whether right now is really the time that we have the capacity to work to make the changes that we want to make. Setting measurable goals and then also understanding and um, creating a plan to develop the necessary skills that will help us get to where we want to be. Why do we need to wait for the new year to make changes? We really don't. It's okay to set goals and new intentions and resolutions based on a timeline that works for your life and that's unique to you and your story. So be kind to yourself and enjoy the journey because this specific process, whatever season you're in, is only going to happen once. Have fun and don't punish yourself or if you feel like things aren't going your way or, you know, things don't look the way that they should or you're not on track to meet your goal within the time frame that you created, that's okay because it literally is going to be a messy journey and that's how you're going to learn. So be sure to show up for yourself. So my question for you is how can you show up for yourself while working towards achieving the goals or resolutions that you set for yourself? And my quote of the week is by Brene Brown, and it is, you either walk inside your story and own it, or you stand outside your story and hustle for your worthiness. Thank you so much for tuning in. I finally have an Instagram account for this podcast, so please check in with me and let me know how you are doing. My Instagram handle is brand i podcast spelled brand the letter i and then the word podcast or if that's confusing you can just do brandy podcast please check in with me by rating reviewing and subscribing to this podcast i want to hear from you i would love all of the feedback that i can get And last but not least, I will be uploading a goal setting slash resolution worksheet 
onto my website that you can use to help you implement the tips and tricks that I shared in this episode. Um, So please check in with me. Let me know how you're doing. I cannot wait to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in and have a lovely week. Happy New Year again.